0: Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake, you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. What's going on, everybody? I'm Pastor Chris, and obviously I'm not with you today. Uh, The COVID bug has hit uh, one of our kids this week, so keep us in prayer. That's why I'm not with you today. But uh, I have a friend of mine, not my dog, but I have a friend of mine today. His name is Josiah Keneally, and he's going to be bringing you a phenomenal message right now. And so what I'd like you to do, he he's awesome. He does a bunch of stuff uh, ministry-wise with young adults. I met him in college getting our master's degrees together. And so would you do me a huge, huge uh, favor this morning and welcome him to the stage. Come on, give it up for Josiah this morning. Good morning, Bridge Church. Welcome to church and welcome to Jesus. I just want to say, like Pastor Chris said, my name's Josiah. I'm thrilled to be with you. I found out Friday morning that I was going to be here and pinch hit for my good friend, Pastor Chris Vincent. And we're going to pray for the Vincent family in just a moment. But if you love your pastors, if you're grateful for them, can we just show them a round of applause and give our thanks? And just give our gratitude to Pastor Chris and Heather. They just give their lives. They invest their time, just their energy, so much uh, into you guys, into this congregation. And it's just amazing to see what God's doing. Amen? Amen. Amen. And uh, one last thing. It is so good to worship Jesus with you guys. Ah, Really exciting. And can we just give God a shout of praise? Can we give it up for God one more time? (laughs) And we're going to get started, but before we do, I just want to introduce maybe my family, our ministry to you. Is that okay this morning? Yeah. Awesome. There's just going to be a few slides. We'll get, get started with this first one. We um, have the honor and privilege of pastoring college students at Normandale Community College in Bloomington, Minnesota, about 45 minutes away, not very far, just the south side of Minneapolis and the Twin Cities. And Chi Alpha stands for XA, or Christ's Ambassadors. And how many of you know that the college campus can kind of be known as the Devil's Playground? It can be kind of a dark place. And we just want to give our lives and shine a bright light into a place that can sometimes be dark. And we had a different graphic, different logo. And what's crazy is one of our students, even in the midst of a pandemic, online, virtual education, all that, she designed this. And it's just so cool. It says XA, stands for Kyle She wrote Norma Dale. And just an example of what God can do with our gifts. We bring Eric Samuel, Tim says, are natural and God uses his super. And it's just really an honor to be with you this morning. A little bit about us. I'll show you the next slide. My wife could be summed up as hashtag adventure. She's so much fun. She's a bundle of joy. And one time we were dating at the time. We've now been married almost four years. But we were dating. And I just in passing said, where's your favorite place on planet earth? She said, the Grand Canyon. I was like, never been there. We should go there sometime. And on March 16th, 2017, It was the day before St. Patrick's Day. I said, hey, you want to grab breakfast really early tomorrow morning? And it might have been a giveaway because I am not what you would call a typical morning person. Or I was not at the time. But she said yes. Praise God. Because I had tickets booked from Minneapolis, MSP Airport, down to Arizona. And she came. Breakfast happened to be at the airport. And we caught a quick flight to go to the Grand Canyon to spend not very much time there. But I had one important burning question. I said, would you come on a lifelong adventure with me and marry me? And she said, yes. And if she had said no, by the way, I would have just said, push me. But she said yes, thank God, and this is three months later, about 90 days later, June 30th, 2017, we got to get married. Um, Since then, our life has been a little bit of a blur. We now have a daughter. Her name is Aurora. She turns one this week. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? our daughter and they are live streaming this morning so hey babe hey baby baby girl daddy will be home soon but thanks for tuning in if you're watching online we just want to say welcome welcome to church welcome to Jesus we're excited to have you hopefully you can come back next week and just a little bit more of a normal morning pastor Chris will be preaching and so one other slide I just want to share this is really exciting news Aurora is going to be a big sister so we have another baby k on the way and like i said it's been a blur god's moving in our life we are passionate about the next generation we just want to create resources like a podcast to help talk about reaching young adults in our world today so this is our podcast we also wrote a book this quarantine pandemic we just didn't want to come on outside the other side of a pandemic empty-handed you know what i'm saying And we're continuing this morning a message series called The Life Edit. How many of you were here last Sunday? Last week, Pastor Chris? um, It's available, if you have not watched last week's message, it's on YouTube and it's on Facebook. I know it's on Facebook for a fact because that's how I watched it. And so if you have not watched it, it's called The Life Edit. It's a brand new series here at the bridge. And Pastor Chris really outlines the vision and the direction, kind of where we'll be going, if that makes sense, if you will. And what's crazy is one of the things he said that stood out most to me in his message is he said, if we only focus on what was we might end up missing out on what could be amen? Yeah. you track in this morning? and that's crazy I just want to laser focus in on that for a minute if we focus only on what was in our past we might actually miss what could be Pastor Chris said last week and the crazy thing is I was driving here and I was looking at two things one was the rear view mirror and it's pretty tiny it's pretty small the other I was looking out the windshield which somebody just said praise god it's good he knows how to drive they gave him a driver's license he's got a baby and a baby on the way dear lord help him at least he can look the right way but our future with jesus we have a bright hope we have a hope in heaven we have a changed life here on earth that eternity has been eternity past we're in the midst of eternity present there is eternity future and we have good news We all have a past. We have a rear view. And it's okay to glance in it from time to time, but we want to spend more time looking ahead to what's to come rather than getting stuck in your past. Because one of the most popular questions we get on the college campus, can I get past my past? And the answer is yes, you can, and you will, and Jesus will help us. But it's going to take adjusting some things in the process, and submitting, surrendering, letting go of control. So can I pray this morning, and then we'll open up God's word to Philippians chapter 4. Dear Heavenly Father, today we just um, pray for the Vincent family, their household right now, our pastors and the pastors of this house. And I just pray, God, that you'd heal them, that you'd help them, that you'd show them today that they're loved, that they're on heaven's radar. And for the person who came in or is streaming, tuning in online, who's hurt. They're facing some hurdles, some challenges in their life. They're maybe hung up on something. God, I just pray for breakthrough, miracle power to take residency in their heart, that you would change their thinking, and that they can be helped in Jesus' name to get past their past. And all God's people said, Amen. So we're going to turn to Philippians chapter 4 in your phones, in your Bibles this morning, and we're going to have some fun, because church should be fun, amen? This is a life-giving church, I heard somewhere. So we're excited about that, and as we go to Philippians... Philippians... Philippians 4, we're going to read 5 verses, verse 4 through verse 9. But before we do, I just want to set the stage. Um, I just believe that we're in this series called The Life Edit. And I'm going to preach on a subject called Edit Your Thinking. Because I think there's one small area of our life that actually impacts every area of our life. And it might be small to some, but it's actually seismic when we consider the scope of things. It's significant. It impacts every day, every place that we go, our work, our home, our family, our future, our finances, our relationships, our friends. It touches every aspect of our life. In fact, our thoughts are the foundation upon which we build our lives. And so if you can change your thinking, you can change your living. If you change your thoughts, you can change your life But there's a problem, a really massive problem. It began in the beginning when there was a thief that came to steal, to kill, and his intent was actually to destroy. And if you allow it, that is exactly what he'll do with your joy. He will steal your joy. He is a thief. He will kill your joy. He's a murderer. And he will just... Steal, kill, and destroy your joy. joy. And if he gets your joy, that's your strength. Nehemiah wrote, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And if we allow the enemy to take an inch, he'll actually take a mile. And that's the way it is with our joy and with our thinking. And it starts with deception. It began in the Garden of Eden. And deception, he's a deceiver, he's a liar. But deception makes a path for disappointment. And disappointment can lead to discouragement, which can lead to dark thoughts, which can lead to depression, which can ultimately lead to, lead to defeat. And this morning, I think that we really need to take our thinking and allow God to change it and edit our thinking. I came to give somebody hope because I think that there's somebody either live streaming or in this room who's really struggling with depression, with anxiety, perhaps with suicidal thoughts. I know that in our world, you don't have to go very very far or be an expert to know that we've had a hard year in 2020. Mental health challenges are off the charts. Anxiety, off the charts. Depression, suicidal thoughts. People who were okay before are realizing that they're not okay anymore. And we're going to lean into our thinking and experience victory. Amen? And then so let's read Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9. This is what it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident for all the Lord is near. This is key. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Did you catch that? There's more, but in the peace of God. Anybody need that in your life? Just by a show of hands and amen. A round of applause if you want some of the peace of God in your life. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the peace of God will be with you. Come on, somebody. Welcome to church. Welcome to Jesus. And I want to talk to you today about edit your thinking. I, I like emojis. Anybody like emojis? So my sermon notes. We're going to have fun. I told you, church is life giving. Church is fun. And anybody like that little, that little guy? Anybody ever sent that one via a text message to somebody? Maybe you're like, hmm. Perhaps, and, and then the other one is like our thoughts, right? And, and there's going to be three things. I really hope you'll take notes maybe in the margins of your Bible or a journal or in your iPhone. Like I literally did that last night in my phone and shared my notes with you. So there's going to be three things that you really want to laser in and learn on that really we're learning today. And the first one is to renovate your thought life. Renovate your thought life. And what do I mean by that? We spend collectively millions of dollars and individually thousands of dollars renovating our homes. We take hundreds of trips collectively or dozens of trips to Menards, Home Depot, Lowe's, and the local hardware store. Because we like DIY, do-it-yourself projects, right? During the quarantine and the pandemic, um, there's a popular HGTV show that swept across the nation, the world, and became popular in our home. And it's called Fixer Upper. Just raise your hand, make a round of applause if you like Chip and Joanna Gaines from Waco, Texas. Um, And if you have no clue what I'm talking about, here's the brief synopsis of the show. I would think that many of you have heard of it, but a few haven't. And here's what they do. They buy the worst house in the best neighborhood they can. Track it. So they, they find a house that maybe the bones are good, maybe the foundation is secure and a good structure, but maybe it's not. And then they find a good school district, a nice neighborhood, and they find the worst home, and they buy it for cheap. Then what they do is they come and they have... Every man's favorite day. Demo day. Praise God. And what's a demo day, you ask? They, they bring their hammers, they bring their sledgehammers, they bring their axe, and oh my gosh, they just pound out the countertops, they rip out cupboards, They whether there's a support beam or not, they just rip out entire walls. And the open concept is really trendy. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> And Chip and Joanna Gaines, they have so much fun, and they take this couple, and they're like, our budget is this, and we want to live in Waco, Texas, and and we cheer for the Baylor Bears, March Madness. Anybody? If you've never been to Waco, Texas, there's two big things there. One, the Baylor Bears. Their college basketball team just won March Madness. They just won the national championship, so the world's eyes are on Baylor University in Waco, Texas. The other thing is this thing called Magnolia, where every young lady wants to go. And if you're a young man who's single in the house, man, a great date spot is in Waco, Texas. Magnolia, you'll sweep her off her feet. You'll get inspired by creative designs and interior designs. And the females like Renaud Day. And they, I mean, I'll tell you this, by the way, I'll give you uh, some of our family secrets. We are very handy at our house and by we I mean she she is incredibly handy way better at demo way better at reno but our house she makes it a home and it's really fun. And our baby girl loves to watch this stuff. And even better was this past week, we had two giant birch trees that had overtaken our power line. They were overhanging our house. And I said, we've got to take care of these trees. They're going to come tumbling down. We'd rather get some help. And it was better than TV. My, my daughter, one-year-old, she couldn't be taken away from the window. She was just glued. I had to change her diaper. She starts crying because she wants to watch the guys in their hard hats and their vest chop down the trees and do some demo day. Then there's a pile of brush and a pile of wood. We just start going to town. And it's been a fun weekend. I'll be honest, I'm little, a little sore. But if you pray for me, I think I'll make it through the message. We'll be okay. I was I, Call us Lumberjack and Lumberjill. We were just going to town on the exterior of our home. But we renovate our houses, right? Anybody done that? Anybody go to frequent flyer miles at... Home Depot or Lowe's or Menards you have some fun and you're like yep we're season ticket holders here we go up and down the aisles and they know our names they watch out they move their carts out of the way because we're coming through and we've been to Home Depot at our house we've been to Lowe's we've been to Menards there's another place Ace Hardware is in our neighborhood and we have fun renovating our houses but I would look at this we spend all this money I'd said tens of thousands of dollars maybe individually collectively millions but how much time do we spend stop and think about what we're thinking about and renovate our our minds our souls our spirit our interior we spend all this time and energy and money and rightfully so i'm not saying it's a bad thing we do the thing too but i want us to pause and think about what are our dominating thoughts what are you thinking about what gets you out of bed worried late at night what wakes you up earlier than your alarm clock and you're stirred and you can't go back to sleep those are the thoughts that we're talking about taking an inventory and renovating our thought life and this is what Paul says we'll talk more about Paul in a minute but verse 4 he says rejoice in the Lord always I'll say it again rejoice and did he say when it's convenient did he say when your team wins when you get that check how about when the check's missing How about when work calls and says there's no more work? How about when stuff hits the fan and life is hard? The struggle's real sometimes. And in our minds, in our thoughts, if we're honest, we've all been there. I've been there, you've been there, and we've been there. Where we need renovation in our thought life. And what we need to do is, out with the old... And in with the new. I really think that that's what renovation is all about. And we do it, we're, we're good at it with our visual spaces. But what about the invas- invisible places that the enemy wants to invade, but God wants to take residency? And I think just like there's good and there's evil, there is a battle for your mind. For your soul, for your spirit. And I think that it's significant and we want to dive into that just a little deeper. Out with the old and in with the new. But how many of you guys know that it's uncomfortable a lot of the times? To take a, a stab at like what are you thinking about? Did you know how many thoughts the average adult thinks in America per day? Any guesses? Just shout it out. A million. That's a good guess. 100 thoughts, very good guess, 55,000 thoughts on average every day. Did you realize also that over half of them are the same thoughts you thought yesterday? And another 25%, which when you add yesterday's thoughts and then today's thoughts, half of them are negative. That's 75%, the majority share of our thought life is the same similar old patterns of thinking And God wants to go out with the old and in with the new. New thoughts, new attitudes, new mindsets, new spaces, new places, new relationships. But there's some times where the the enemy, maybe it's a word that somebody, your boss, your parent, they spoke something over you and you can't let it go. You can't unhear it and it holds you captive. And you're holding that unforgiveness, that bitterness in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit. Sometimes it's really challenging. And I I look at this. Um, We're going to get uncomfortable. I might say something that rubs you the wrong way. But I'm just trying to stay true to God's word. And sometimes there's very little comfort. My friend Chris Brown says this. There's very little comfort on the growth track. So we're going to get uncomfortable, but there's going to be growth. The other option is we can stay comfortable, but there's very little growth on the comfort track. So which track do you want to be on? You can choose. And similarly, Pastor Craig Rochelle from Life Church in Oklahoma, he says this, it's impossible to have a negative mindset and a positive life. In other words, a negative mindset and a positive life are mutually exclusive. You can have a positive life, but there's no room for a negative mindset. You can have a negative mindset and have a heyday, but there's no room for a positive life. That is the dichotomy, the challenge that we're up against, the battle that we fight when we think in our thoughts. That's what we want to lean into and ask the Holy Spirit to come and renovate our thought life. The second thing is the hardest one, without a doubt. Without a doubt, this is the most challenging thing because it's like we're magnetic sucked into the negative. But what we're going to do with the help of the Holy Spirit, the second thing, is to resist the negative. I was at the post office this week. Uh-oh. Amen. It's right up there with the dentist and the DMV. And I'll tell you why. Why? A long line, 4.45pm Friday afternoon, true story and all of a sudden, there's a long line two people working up front probably 10 in back here's the thing, two ladies standing next to me in line it got negative real quick it got toxic they're saying that postmaster general this my letters lost in the mail that and it'd be really easy to get sucked in and say me too I'll tell you my story. And all of a sudden, with the captivity and the allure of the enemy, it's really easy to get critical. It's really easy to get jaded and and competitive. It's really easy to compare and compete and complain. And that is negativity, and we want to resist negativity. I use the emoji of the negative. Negative. Because magnets, there's a positive end and a negative end. And I really think that when Jesus takes residency in your heart, it means there's no room for negativity. It means the negative has got to go. Out with the old and in with the new. And I really think that um, Pastor Ron Roberts said this one time, if you have the joy of the Lord, you ever met somebody like this? you got to notify your face. We should be the most positive, uplifting, encouraging, life giving people on planet Earth, but we got to remind ourselves. We got to renovate our thinking. We got to resist the negative that sucks us in. And what he's saying right here is to have the mindset of Christ. Sometimes we walk through hell on earth, but it can still be here as in heaven in our thoughts, in our minds. And our life goes in the direction, Pastor Craig Rochelle says, of our, th- uh, of our dominant thoughts. In other words, like we go where we focus on. Rearview mirror, windshield. we got to look ahead. And um, I, by the way, I don't want to just settle for the power of positive thinking because I think that's a cheap hope. There's hope in it. There is power in positive thinking. But we're talking about deep hope. The power that transforms our thinking by the power of the gospel. We just celebrated Easter, Resurrection Sunday, and there is one who overcame death, hell, and the grave. And we need to start thinking like it. We need to start living like it. Amen? I just want to talk about Paul for a second because he was once called Saul. And I want to prove to you that Paul's thinking can change and your thinking can change. There was a guy, Saul. He was trained by Gamaliel, which was like the Harvard University. And Saul was a Jew of the Jews. He was on the council of the Pharisees. He was an expert in the Torah, the law, the Old Testament. His name was Saul. And he actually found out he was likely there when they crucified Jesus. Sound familiar from a couple weeks ago? And what's crazy is Saul actually thought that he was a good person. He was a Jew's Jew. He was all about the law, all about rituals, all about religion. He was a very religious man. And he had a moment, one encounter with Jesus. He was killing every Christian. His goal, his mindset, was kill every Christian. We'll get rid of this way. We'll go back to the Judaism. We'll go back to the religion. We'll go back to the old way of thinking. And he started killing. He legitimately killed and murdered Christians. He was deceived. Until one day, he had a Damascus Road encounter. He went blind for three days. He saw the living God who said, I'm Jesus, why are you persecuting me? And that was all he needed to change his mindset. He went blind for three days. He regained his sight. And all of a sudden, his name was no longer Saul. Jesus renamed him Paul. Renovated his thinking. He resisted the negative temptations of the enemy. And Saul's thinking became Paul's thinking. And he writes us this letter to the church in Philippi and to the church in Elk River, St. Francis. Now then. Philippians. It's a letter. But here's the thing about the church in Philippi. They didn't even have enough people to start a Jewish synagogue. You needed ten men to start a Jewish synagogue. They didn't have ten men. They had some women. One of them's name was Lydia. She was a dealer in the purple cloth. She made purple shirts, purple robes, royalty. She was well paid. She was wealthy enough as a woman to own property and to own, own a home. And they, did, they made it a place of prayer. That's where Paul who was Saul, planted the church. You know Paul who killed Christians and then became an apostle missionary? He started planting churches, life-giving churches. And this is where he stopped and then he was imprisoned in Rome. And he writes this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Isn't that counter-cultural thinking for somebody who's chained and stuck in prison? I would submit to you that it is. I think that that's... I would complain. I'd compare. I'd say, but my, this isn't just. This isn't right. I need out. I'd complain. I'd compare. I'd compete. I'd try to find a way out of prison. And that's not what Paul's doing. He's writing to the church that he planted in Philippi. The Philippian letter. We're reading Philippians 4. And he says, this is mind-bending. Do not be anxious about anything. My anxiety... Rises through the roof at times, and I've never even been to prison. Haven't even been to jail. All that they need to do is turn on the cherries and berries, and oh my gosh, my anxiety's through the roof. That's not even prison, that's called getting pulled over. <laughs> my anxiety's through the roof. My heart rate's off the charts. He says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Sounds really countercultural. It's resisting the negative. Joy and rejoice is probably the main subject of Philippians. He mentions either the root word of joy or rejoice sixteen times in a short letter. We should pay attention to that. We should pay attention to that. And the crazy thing is Paul's thinking was transformed. Your and my thinking can be transformed. The third thing and where we want to land this morning is to remember what Christ has done. Remember what Christ has done. Now keep in mind we all have tests that God ultimately turns and transforms into testimonies. God is in our midst even in the middle of the mess. John Piper runs Desiring God Ministries, a popular blog and website, devotionals, podcasts right here in Minneapolis. And he says this, in your life, you might see God doing three things, but behind the scenes, he's doing over 10,000 things. Amen? When we're waiting, God's working. When we're working, God's working. And so sometimes we need to wait on the Lord and remember what God's done and that changes our thinking. A lot of us are hung up by hurdles, hurts, and hang-ups in the past. Somebody here this morning, the devil's got a stronghold. He is stealing your joy, and there looks like certain defeat in the battle that you're fighting, and it's in your mind. And what we need to do is preach... To ourselves, the gospel, the good news, the Easter Sunday, the resurrection power, the breakthrough miracle power over our lives. Do you recognize that the same power that rose Christ from the grave is living in you and me? we got to notify our face. we got to wake up, church. We've got to notify our face, and we've got to start thinking and living like Jesus is risen, and that power is in us. The other thing that Paul says is to pray about everything. And um, Pastor Craig Rochelle has really talked about anxiety and depression, mental health lately. And one of the things that he said is anxiety is an alert that it's time to pray. In other words, anxiety isn't a sin. Depression isn't a sin. Dark thoughts, discouragement, disappointment, not a sin. It's okay to be there. It's okay not to be okay. But it's an alert that it's time to pray. we got to pay attention to that antenna. Pay attention. And then remind ourselves, remembering what God's done. My friend, Pastor Micah Mack, is an evangelist and pastor, and he texted me this. He said, do you want to know why Satan keeps bringing up your past? I'm like, sure. Sounds great. And he goes, because Satan has no future. I'll say it again. Like, why does... Satan keep bringing up your past, your rearview mirror, he's got no future. There is certain victory for the church of Jesus Christ. There is certain defeat for the enemy and the fallen angels. And what's powerful is that we can hold on to hope because Jesus hung on the cross. I want to remind you of that this morning that there is a promise of the peace of God and the Prince of Peace is a promise kept And peace is then our portion. I had a professor in college at North Central University that used to say this. Every class he would say this. And I think that's why it got ingrained in my brain. He would say, people will fail you. I was 18 years old. He's telling me this. People will fail you. Okay? I agree. He goes, organizations will guard their territory. Companies, groups, organizations, sometimes they do layoffs. they got to protect what they think is theirs. Right, People will fail you. Organizations will guard their territory. But God is faithful. And I believe what Pastor Derek said, that was a word this morning. That God is the same throughout all of eternity past. In this moment, he is present with us in eternity present. And there is a certain hope of eternity future. And we need to hold on to that hope. Jesus, his hands are nail scarred. He says in the gospel, see my hands, see my feet, it is I. That's amazing. And I just want to bring up a promise that we can stand on and kind of offer two opportunities this morning. 1 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Any person in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And I know in a room this size that there's bound to be people who are bound in prison and it's called their past. And they're in chains with their thoughts, with their thinking, with their attitudes, with their ways of living that are the past. And I think Jesus came to to send me here this morning to set some people free, to change how you're thinking, to change your living, and to help you get past your past. And more than just an emotional response, tomorrow's coming. So what about tomorrow? What about tomorrow? Well, we have a promise in the hope of the resurrection power, the breakthrough miracle power of our mighty God, our everlasting Father, our Prince of Peace. And what He offers us is a gift called salvation. It changes everything. And if today's a moment where you want to surrender to the power of the gospel, and to recognize that Jesus is the Lord in your life, in your thought life, in your heart, in your spirit, in your soul, in your inner being. You need strength beyond yourself. The Bible promises that in our weakness, Jesus' power is strong. And that means we can't do it on our own. And so surrendering to the power of salvation is recognizing, God, where I'm weak, you are strong. You're my Savior. You're my Lord. You're my God. And so what I'm just going to do is just ask everyone to to remember what God's done for you. Can we do that church? Can you pause? However you want to pause if you want to close your eyes and just think about the cross. Think about the power. Maybe you want to bow your head and just lean at the moment where there is resurrection power. There is breakthrough miracle power even just by speaking the name of Jesus. Maybe all that you can do is whisper the name of Jesus. 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 What's the gospel? Romans five eight says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. John wrote that greater love has nobody than the love of a friend who had lay their down life, laid their own life down for others. Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest in California says that Jesus came to pay a debt He did not owe because we owed a debt that we could not pay. That's good news, my friend maybe in the world around you, your world right now, it's all been negative news. It's been a bad news year. A bad news banner year. A news cycle. Negative. What God wants to do is he wants to come take residency in your life to make your heart his home and to allow you to have renovated thinking, to have the power through the gospel to resist negativity and to remember through the cross what God's done for your life. And if this morning is a morning where what we're singing about and what I'm talking about is knocking on the door of your heart and you want God to have the invitation to make his home in your heart, I'm just going to ask you to, to raise your hand and to stand. Jesus hung on the cross so you can hold on to hope. And I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand or to stand and just to say, I surrender all to Jesus. All to Him I owe. So all across this place on the count of three, I'm just going to invite you to raise your hand or stand if you are surrendering to Jesus. I see that hand. I see hands. I see people standing. More importantly, God sees you. Amen. Would you pray with me if that's you, if your hand is raised or you're, or you're standing? Just repeat after me. This prayer is not magic. It's an invitation for Jesus to come into your heart. Lord Jesus, I admit that I have a past. I admit that I've sinned. And what I'm asking you to do, God, is to help me get past my past. I confess my sins. Believe in the Savior. Jesus, you're my Lord. Jesus, you're my God. Jesus, you're my Savior. Jesus, you're my friend. Will you enable me the memory to remember all that you've done for me? In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. The cool thing is. Things of high value are worth a high price. They're worth a high cost. And Jesus showed you that and me that in the price that he paid for the penalty of our sin. He died in our place because you were of worth great value to him. Louis Giglio said this on his Easter message. He said that the only thing missing in heaven... Is you and me. We are God's glorious inheritance in his holy people. He created it all. It's all in heaven with him. He's over it all. We're the only thing that can be added to that. And heaven just added some saints. Some people who are sinners saved by grace. Can we give it up for a great God who's healing, he's restoring, he's working. He's a God of breakthrough miracle power. Amen? Amen. Come on. Come on. And here's how Here's how we're going to go. Here's where we're going to go next. If you're realizing that your mind has been a battlefield, your heart has been a hard place to be, your thoughts have been a dark place, I've been there. And I just want to tell you really quick, um, I was a teenager. My uncle committed suicide. It messed me up inside. Great brokenness, hardship in our family. Would have never imagined that... I would have had to walk through that, that our family would have had to walk through that. And I started doing this thing called perfectionism. I started doing this thing, and I started to get tension headaches. Three years, debilitating pain. Every morning I'd wake up, it was like a tight rubber band around my head. And that's been one of the greatest challenges in my life, is the challenge of mental health. And to invite God into even that part of my life. Even the hardest hurt. I'm being honest with you. And what's crazy is I remember being in a chiropractor's office because I was a teenager, and I had an adjustment, had the ice pack on, I fell asleep, I woke up. And I prayed to God, Lord, if I surrender these headaches to you, will you heal me, and will you fill me up with your peace, with your joy? And one of the greatest transformations that's ever happened in my life is the transformation of my thinking. My mind was once not a healthy place to be. And now, if you ask people who know me, one of the most popular questions I get, how do you have so much joy? And I just go, if you knew what God did in my heart, if you knew the freedom I found, if you knew the hope that I had in Him, and I'm just going to give us an opportunity. Maybe you need healing from the hurts, the hang-ups, the hurdles. We're just going to stand across this place as a sign of surrender. If you want prayer, I believe that just like God healed me of of tension headaches, maybe for you it's anxiety or depression or suicidal thoughts or just discouragement, defeat, depression, disappointment. I'm just going to invite you to stand. Not going to count. Just going to invite you. If you want God to renovate your thinking, If you want to resist negativity, if you want to move on with power, to remember the gospel power, the resurrection power in your life. If you need renewed thinking, out with the old and in with the new. New thinking, new attitudes, new patterns, new spaces, new places. And it's okay to feel like we're in construction sometimes because it's a process and that's okay but what God does is He rebuilds and sometimes He has to tear down walls we're going to have a wall tear down moment but then He renovates, He restores He rebuilds and it's amazing the transformation of we can go to depressed to joy He turns our sorrow into dancing our mourning into joy Here's how we're going to close, is I'm just going to pray. I'll teach you one of my prayers, my favorite prayers. And throughout church history, this has been a popular prayer. And all you do is you take your hands and put them down like this. I'm going to invite you, if you're standing, if you're seated, just to have a moment of surrender with God, a hands down moment. God, you can have my life, even my thought life. God, I surrender. Maybe you need to speak forgiveness to that person. Maybe you need to confess bitterness this morning and lay down and surrender and to forgive. And that's how we're going to do. We're just going to take a moment, let go of any negative thoughts, any darkness, any discouragement, depression, anxiety in Jesus name God we surrender to you our thoughts our life in Jesus name and God as we now to flip our hands up would you would you just fill us up God would you fill us up with your breakthrough miracle power will you fill us up with joy with hope with peace with the confidence with the reassurance to know that there's resurrection power living in us that you are good and you will never let us down do you receive it If you receive it, will you say amen? Amen. How we're going to close is this might be an emotional moment for some of you, but we don't want to just leave it there. There's a seven-day... Reset thinking opportunity that we have. Where do I get it? Philippians 4.8. It says, Finally, brothers and sisters, final encouragement, final challenge, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy, think about such things. Tomorrow's Monday. Today's Sunday. Tuesday's coming. Hardships are coming. In this world, you will have troubles but take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. So what I want you to do, some of you never journaled, never written any thoughts down. You can do it in your phone, you can do it in an app, you can do it on your pen and your paper or your hands. But those seven things, today, write down one true thought. Not what's on the news, one true thought. Tomorrow morning, one noble thought. Other than going to Barnes and Noble's, <laughs> what's one noble thought? true, noble. What about Tuesday, what's right? Wednesday, what's pure? Thursday, what's lovely? Friday, what's admirable? And Saturday, what's excellent or praiseworthy? Think about such things. And I'm just going to call Pastor Derek up, surrender the mic to him, but I believe that God and I declare that God is going to transform your thinking in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.